I think for anyone still playing or, or in something where they don't want to be and they want to move into something else, I would just be very careful about who you talk to and you never know who you're going to meet that's going to end up in a, in another life, right? Like, you know, some of my biggest clients are from AIC that I've never, I never met them, but they know I'm in New York. They know I played hockey there and it's just a connection now. And, you know, I, um, you know, you had Shimenti on Matt Shimenti. He's one of our, he's one of my biggest clients now just because of that hockey relationship. So you never know if you're playing for a coach 10 years ago, if they're going to get into the same business as you. So I would just, you know, network with everybody, be nice with everybody. Don't burn bridges because you never know how it's going to affect you in, in your next career. Welcome, everybody, to the Pucks to Properties podcast. We're going to have a lot of fun because we got Tom's brother, Steve, on this call, and there's going to be a lot of stones breaking. But before we actually start, uh, welcome to Pucks to Properties. This episode, like I said, is going to be very, very fun. Um, it's brought to you by Riva Global, which is a premier virtual assistant company in the nation, and also Perch Rock. It's our real estate investment company here in Connecticut. We're in multiple states. Uh, so if anyone's looking to join a team, let us know. Um, like I said, we're extremely excited for this episode. Tom, why do we do this besides getting your handsome ass brother on a call in a tuxedo? Why do we do this? <laughs> I've been dreading this one for a while, but <laughs> it, I think we bumped them two or three times already. But before I knew and, it, I got a calendar. <laughs> And I thank you, Bob. He's, uh, he's on to today, so I will try and be professional and deliver like we always do. We do this podcast to give back uh, to the game that we, we grew up playing, that we know and love, and has given us so much opportunity and taught us, uh, you know, core values and principles and work ethic and, you know, help guys transition into the business world. And if we could help one guy or help 10 guys, wherever this grows over the next, you know, few years, you know, the, the platform is there for guys to reach out and to um, take advantage of opportunity. And that being said, that's why we do it. And we don't want to ride buses at three o'clock in the fucking morning anymore. That's also why. So, so if, if two suitcases like the Mealy boys could, yeah. could be successful in real estate, Everybody could. I'm making fun of you guys. I was a suitcase as well. So if three suitcases like us could be uh, could be successful in this uh, business. I think anybody could. But anyway, Steve, take it away. I know we got a shrine back there of Tom Mealy. I don't. You're probably gonna break his balls in this one. But uh, take it away. Give us a little introduction to yourself. Uh, thanks, guys, for having me. Uh, it's been nine months, I think, since the show launched. So I'm I'm glad I got in in the first year at least. Um, a couple other things, Bob, I don't know if you know, but this, this name of this podcast came from me. So another reason why I'm a little upset, I haven't been on the show a little earlier. Do you know the story? Um, Tom this? took credit. I, I don't know. So please tell us because Tom took credit for it. Tom see, took I got credit, a great idea. See, I got a great idea. Yeah, of course he did. So I, I think I was in Roanoke and there was an article written about me 
you know, before Tom was even a thought in real estate and the, the headline was Pucks the Properties and, and before I know no, it, Tom it was, got it was Pucks and Properties. That's what it was. I changed one. Thing. Oh, oh. And before it's I like know it, Tom's on it. Like Vanilla Ice song. You change one thing. It's a completely different song. So. Wasn't even, wasn't even asked to be part of this. <laughs> this this project and all of a sudden i see him on youtube and facebook with a podcast so that's number one so it took nine months for me to get on the show that i came up with the name <laughs> and um the tuxedo you know i i'm not very exciting i'm a realtor i gotta i gotta bring some i don't own a bunch of properties i don't own a clothing company like your past mm-hmm. guest so i figure if i'm gonna stand out I might as well dress the part. So that's my story. Great story. Great story. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Before we get started, um, who would win in a fight? Which one of you guys? Tom. I mean, look, he's got a shrine to himself. He's very, he's very excited about his, his old hockey career. And he, he's tough. I'll be honest. He's tough. (laughs) All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, Steve, tell us a little bit what you do now. We'll, we'll, we'll dig into. Obviously, both of you guys have a little bit different path, um, which is which is important because there's a lot of players that have played um, either with their with their brothers or have brothers that have played the game. Myself, my brother uh, was a number four in the world draft pick, so I got a I got a little different story, but kind of the same. It was a it was a uh, a brother that played in the game. So, tell us a little bit of what you're doing now. We'll back in your story. So, I do a lot of um, retail. Real estate. I'm a realtor with uh, with Hulahan Lawrence, one of the biggest companies in New York and Connecticut. Um, I serve New York and Connecticut. Uh, you know, we're from the Bronx, so I do a lot of Westchester County and the Bronx just because of people, you know, we know and growing up. And then I do a lot in um, Fairfield County and New Haven County just because we live up this way now. Um, been doing it six years. Um, our cousin, Anthony Sirocco, he's the, the broker for the uh, branch of Houlihan Lawrence that we have. Um, and yeah, I've been doing this six years. I don't know if Tom mentioned, I got him into real estate. There's another credit that he probably doesn't tell people, but uh, yeah. Good stuff. So what, what got you into? So we back into it. Obviously, you know, you played, you played pro for a while. So if you pull up, obviously, your, your um, elite prospects or hockey DB, you know, you went to AIC. Did you guys play together? I know you guys three, what, three and a half years apart. Did you guys play together at all? Yeah, two years, yeah. Oh, nice. Very cool. How was that? Actually, how, how was it playing with your brother? Did you have fun or did you hate every second of it? No, I loved it. I mean, I he was a junior. I was a freshman. So we kind of had different, um, you know, college socks. I mean, hockey-wise. It just, it's different than the pro game and, um, you know, your role is kind of majority of the time it's based off class. So we were, we were in different roles at school, but it was definitely great to have him there. Um, you know, as an older guy to, to talk to and to learn, you know, going from junior to college, college to pro, there's such vast differences that your first couple of years in college, it's like you just figuring it out, but it was great. And then, you know, we play together again in pro in Tulsa, so we've, we've had a couple of experiences together, playing together. And, you know, we look back at that and, uh, you know, it's, it's a great memory. That's got to be really fun. So you um, obviously played for, you know, you started your first pro year. Was, oh, was I've it been a, everywhere. 13, yeah. uh, 13, you've been uh, ECHL, you've been CHL, you've been FPHL, you've been SPHL. 
um, and you're you're playing. For, are you still really working my way down? Yeah. <laughs> are you still playing? Are you still playing with Dan Barry, or you uh, did you hang up the switch no, with Tom? No, no, we're we're done. Yeah, we played together that one last year. Um, I think we had having kids kind of changed things, put your uh, your health in perspective, and having to provide and work. So, no, that was our uh, final hurrah, I guess. So let's talk about your transition. You you have a do you say your uncle um, owns owns the company, Anthony, or is our cousin, cousin, our our, our older cousin. Uh, he's in okay. a, he he's in retail real estate probably twenty five thirty years, uh, and uh, he actually opened his own brokerage, uh, Turnkey Realty Group, and then we we recently like two months ago merged with Tula and Lawrence. So now we're um, our whole office merged with them, and we're kind of like one big team now. Nice. How many uh, agents total? We have 20 agents at, at our branch. I think they have 30 offices across New York and Connecticut. So uh, there's like 1,500 agents, and we, you know, we're 20 of them. So we're we're a small team, but uh, yeah, you know, we, we do a lot in both states. So let's talk about obviously, you know, you've played pro. Let's talk about that progression because you played. Um, let me see here. It looks like a lot of years, almost 10 years. Is that right? Nine years, bro. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you count that, yeah, I, I don't yeah. fucking know. It's all a blur, to be honest. <laughs> so, with your cousin being, it seems to me like your cousin was a big influence on on both of you guys, right? But let's talk about you and this one, Steve. Um, what made you decide? Like, w- w- walk through the years on, you know, everybody struggles. I did the same thing. Your brother did. You did, right? So every year, you said you're going lower in ranks. Right? I know we're laughing about it, but this is real stuff, right? Because we're <laughs> We always want to hang on. We always want to play one more year because, dude, real nobody wants to jump into real life. So walk yeah. us through those those years. If you could and you could remember, walk us through those years and your your thought process because, you know, we're, we're hiring here at Perch Rock, uh, Steve, and I, I think you know that. And um, we're actually looking at individuals that play that are playing currently right now in either CHL, ECHL, or um, uh, uh, FPHL, all those leagues because we know – this is more profitable, right? Doing what you do is yeah. more profitable. Doing what we do is way freaking more profitable. So um, let's walk through your thought process on those years and, and how in your mind you're transitioned. And, you know, what happened? Like, how did that work? Yeah. So, I mean, after college, everyone, especially when you play Division One, you, you know, everyone thinks they're going to the NHL. You know, you, mm-hmm. you have that certain mindset of I'm going to play at the highest level. I've, I've made it this far. I've gotten what I've wanted from putting the work in. So it's just, you know, going back, you're 20, 21, 22 years old. You're not, you're not really thinking about anything else. And I, um, I graduated AIC. I went to the East coast league. Um, I bounced around there for, you know, a full season pretty much. Um, and then, uh, I was back down in the SP called back up and the first couple of years were kind of like still not, thinking about anything else but hockey right I just thought this yeah. is part of it I had Tom playing you know he was already in the pro ranks for a few years already after college he was telling me this is how it goes you just got to do it you know don't unpack be you know play your role and you know keep your mouth shut unless spoken to so for you know for a couple of years you're just grinding it out getting on the buses all right I'm getting waved okay I got traded all right I'll go there and then um, I think Tom knows a story about when we went to uh, to to OKC for, for training camp. <laughs> so we went to the A in, in training camp before the postseason started. You know, a lot of guys would get invited to, you know, the higher camps just to 
fill some spots. And we were playing in Tulsa and OKC was down the road. So this is probably three, probably three, three years into my career. We went to a camp and we're playing uh, an exhibition game against Bobby Butler. I don't know if he's still playing anymore. I don't think this he came is. up on JR's. Huh? <laughs> this came with, up with on Tom a previous Tom? episode with Bobby's brother. Yeah, we had, we had his brother on. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Go ahead. Then I guess you know the story already. But um, we were in a – I don't even know who we played for, San Antonio or someone. He, he got sent down to the A, and, and we were playing him, and I was covering – I'm a center, so I – you know, in the defensive zone, I'm pretty much a defenseman. And I'm covering him, and there was one – he just – I'm in the corner with him. I'm holding him against the boards. He goes up the wall. Stops, cuts back, absolutely stiff arms me in the fucking face and just takes it along the goal line and just roofs it. And um, I, I literally said during that shift, like, that's it. This is as high as I can go. This is the limit. I, I don't have the genes to play at this level. Um, and I think, honestly, that year is where it really started to, you know, we went back to Tulsa and then I got dealt to Kalamazoo and then back to the SBA and they kind of you know that wave of of transitioning from different teams started again um and I just started to that's where I really started to think like okay I'm not playing in the A I'm not going to get to that level um you know Tom was called up to the A and he was a fourth liner I was a third liner 10th forward in the coast I was you know a top line guy in the SB so I eventually um decided to just forget the coast, you know, forget that schedule. It's out of, you know, in my opinion, out of all the leagues, it was the worst travel. It was the worst schedule. Um, so I went to the SP um, to play for a guy that uh, Sam Fatorik, I don't know if you know him. He's, he played a lot of double A games, probably the most coast games, I think, in history. Um, he was the new coach of Roanoke and, and he drafted me in an expansion draft. And I told him, I'm like, I'm never going to Roanoke. Like that's not happening. Like I know nothing about it. And I ended up being there for three years, met my wife. Um, so in that time, to answer your question, when I got cut from the A and I was still circling around, I just started thinking, what am I going to do? Um, and I liked, you know, hockey players, they're, they don't have a full day of activity. So you're done at noon. I'd be home watching flipper flop and house hunters <laughs> and, and flip this house. And I was like, wow, this is, you know, I love houses to be honest. I love the art. Maybe, maybe an episode of Jerry Springer in there too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got some, you you catch the deal or no deal at 11. And uh, so I, I just love those house shows and flipping houses. And I said, well, what's the first thing I can do to learn about this or get into it? And I just said, let me get my real estate license. My cousin was the broker. So he said, get, you know, you'd be a good salesman. You know, I love talking to people and like Tom. So I, you know, I, I thought I had a, a good niche for it. And I got my license online while playing just after practice would go to a coffee shop and for three or four hours and just did the course. Nice. So your uh, your your turning point was uh, getting you didn't know that. I didn't know you, I didn't know you were doing it while you were still playing. No, I thought you did it in the summer. To be honest, we'll get there. <laughs> this is called bro this is called brotherly communication, right here. Um, I we were 
I mean, I don't know how to explain. What did you think I, 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 I get? You mean getting the course or like doing real estate? No, I don't. I don't remember you studying while you were still playing. I thought you did it in the summertime. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, that's Christ. how in touch we were. I guess <laughs> you guys Tom are too, tight. Tom was too busy playing games and getting ready for games. I guess I was the healthy scratch in the coffee shop getting my real estate license. <laughs> that's probably oh, what it was. All right, all right. Let's, 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 let's rein it. Let's rein it back in. All right, all right. So the TSN turning point for Stephen Neely was a stiff arm from Butler. You realized after you get the, the puck got roofed, you're like, oh shit, I need to That's find it. a better path to making Thanks. money. Thanks, Bobby. I really appreciate it because I don't know how long it would have gone on. <laughs> so, all right. So, all right, how, so how much money – and this is actually really important. So how much money were you making in the coast? Um, uh, at that time, the most I ever made was like six twenty-five for Brampton, and that's just because we were buddies with the coach, and uh, he helped me out there. But most – I think most of my huh? – Six twenty-five Canadian. <laughs> no, was it? I don't know. It was Brampton. I think it was U.S. I'm not sure. <laughs> But either way, the most I've ever, the most like common, I even made 500 bucks over my career average, probably. Jesus. All right. So that, that the, the reason why that's an important question is, you know, a lot of people that are in your situation, what, what advice would you give them? I mean, you're making what, that's $2,000 a month. Like how the hell do you live off that? Like, I know you probably have your, your housing taken care of, but what would you say looking back at your, you know, your playing days and individuals that are in that position right now and looking at real estate, um, would you say it's a no brainer? What advice would you give them today right now to your prior self, if you will? Um, I think, you know, I, I, we talk about Tom and I, you know, wasting a lot of years. I think I played eight years professional, but I think for the guys playing now, I would I was always good at saving and budgeting because at that level and that amount of money, you have to, right? You know, if you're making 500 bucks a week, they figure out a way to not take tax, too many taxes out and stuff like that. But if you have a car, food, you want to go out with the boys, you're down to saving what, 150, 200 bucks a week. So I would just say to budget and save as much as you can so that you could get into you know, real estate investing or any type of investing when you're done. So one is to save. And then the other thing would be, um, I, I think it's beneficial for guys to do it because I do think the grind and getting shipped around and the mental toughness that you have to go through it is where I think we're so much better at what we do than the average person. I think like Tom said, and I don't know if that was on air, but there's literally you know, there's a lot of things worse than waking up on a bus at 3 a.m. in the middle of nowhere to unload a bus in a snowstorm. But in that in that occupation, there's nothing worse. It's it's brutal. And I think for what we do now or what I do now, I, I couldn't I can't wait to get up in the morning and do what I do. And, you know, it came to those guys, you know, when you're not fully in it anymore, I would say just just start looking at, at something else. And I think that's what happened to me. It's like I didn't like going to practice anymore. You know, the games were the only fun part, hanging out with the guys, but the process involved just wasn't there for me anymore. 
Um, and I think, you know, to those guys that are doing it now, if you don't love the process of being successful that, you know, me and Tom had for a long time, you know, we used to, and I think we got so far because we had each other, you know, training every day and and pushing each Mm -hmm. other to get, you know, it's hard to get to the levels we got to. So once the process is not in your heart anymore, I would say, you know, start thinking about something else. Uh, you know, and I think, I, and I just wrote that down because when you don't love the process and anything, the, I mean, you're a hundred percent right. We talk about that on some of the prior episodes and, and we didn't never use that terminology, but that's a great way to put it. When you stop loving the process, it's time to go. Right. And you know, it's, it's typically, it happens when the, when you have to train, right. When somebody's not looking, yeah. it just gets tiring. Right. And yeah. And it's, it's, um, you know, we'd always wonder like this guy quit at 26. Like why, why would he hang it up? And, you know, you look back and it's like, you, you know, every player, you know, every sport, it's not just hockey, they go through such mental grind and, and mental, you know, it's tough to get up and train like you need to train day in and day out to play two hours a night, you know, the, the training and the process in between, I tell everybody, they, they ask why you're not playing with Danbury and why, why did you quit? It's just, there's so many hours involved that people don't see, you know, they only see the hour and a half, two hours of the game, but they don't see everything you put in to, to, to play the game. So, yeah, I think you're right. It's just once that process is done and you don't have the heart for it, you're, you know, why do it? Well, let me ask you a question. So let's, let's anchor off that because <clears throat> hockey is the same as business and the same as real estate right now for you guys, for you and us, right? For Tom, yeah. obviously for, for you, Steve, and myself. So what is training? What does the process look like now in real estate? So, you went from not loving the process versus training in, in, in the process to loving the process now, because you like explain a little bit what that looks like on the other side. Yeah. So for me, you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing it. I'm in real estate six years. I'm doing it full time, probably three years. You know, like I, when I was playing, I was in, I was a, I was in real estate. So I would play and, um, you know, from September to April, I'd be away and then I'd come home, sell real estate, you know, catch up with old clients, show some houses over the, over the summer, you know, me and Tom were doing construction. So I was doing construction, selling houses, and then I would leave. Right. So I didn't really, you know, for three years of the six, I really didn't have a process or systems in place. I think now that I'm doing it full time, you know, and this is my house, my, you know, my main income from my family, um, it goes back to the dedication I had at 18 with Tom getting up in the morning and going to the gym and doing all of the, the right things to, to be successful. Now, the last couple of years, I've been trying to find like a purpose for like what yep. we do, because it's so lucrative. You can kind of get, you can lose your, your morals of what you're after, right. And what you're really doing this for, um, and it's a great, you know, it's a great business for, for money wise, but in terms of per myself, I'm trying to figure out like what's really going to get me up in the morning. And I really truly, you know, I sell million dollar homes, you know, occasionally, but I get more satisfaction from finding a family, like a house for 450,000 that like on closing day, they're really happy and, you know, excited to start their new journey opposed to the $3 million house that takes two weeks to close and it's all cash and there's really not much involved. Um, so I think the, the, the purpose for me in the process really comes down to like, I want to help people. And I think I've just spun it in a way to where I can help people and, and, 
you know, there's a lot of shady people out there, especially in real estate. So I try to be genuine and, and I think it's helped my reputation, you know, with referrals and stuff like that. So uh, this may be, this is a question that actually goes back to what you do. What type of hockey player were you? Um, it depends on the level, right? <laughs> uh, well, let's, let's, let's start with college, right? Let's start with college because this, this is kind of college, important to what you just said. Yeah. So college, I think, you know, when anyone's, if someone's listening that this listening to this that's not a hockey player the level before college is junior hockey right and most people that get scholarships from junior hockey are, are studs and point guides and you know college you can't fight so it's very rarely a, a school is recruiting someone that can fight because you can fight in juniors but you can't fight in college so it's kind of weird so i think um everyone going into college is a point guy and was a stud on their junior team and then in college i kind of realized especially the first couple of years that the juniors and seniors are the studs and, you know, you're bottom of the totem pole and you have to mm-hmm. grind and hit and kill penalties. And then it gets to a point where you get an opportunity on a power play in your junior senior year, and then you can put up some points. And then, so first, second year, I was a grinder, just PK guy, just trying to make the lineup. There's fucking 12 lines in practice in college. And <laughs> you're just trying, <laughs> you're trying to make the fourth line. So, and then later in the career, I was on power play top guy. And then that's when the mindset changes again, right? It's like the last year of junior. Now I'm a senior. I'm going to go pro, right? Forget division one. Division one's over. Now you're transitioning into the, the next mind fuck of I'm going to go to the NHL. So, you know, then, then it was a rude awakening when I went to Greenville after college, because now I'm on, now I'm in the East coast league. There's drafted guys there, you know, I'm back down the podium pole and, what are you laughing at? They're in line. <laughs> the, next, the next mind fuck. I'm going to the NHL. Yeah, I mean, you put up, you know, you put up 20 points in 30 games in college. All of a sudden, people think you're a stud again, and it's a roller coaster of egos. And you go to pro, and you're back down to 10th forward and third line. And I was grinding again, blocking shots with my friggin' hands and fighting goons and. All of a sudden, you get sent down to the SP, and you're a point guy again. And it's just like, it's it's a it's a mind fuck. There's no other way to do it because you got one coach telling you at one level you're a stud, stay here, you'll get as much money as we can give you, and then the next level it's like, all right, you're scratch, let's do some boards. And so, at each level, I was different, you know. And and um, but I think overall. Towards the end of my career, I was in the SP and more of a point guy and a leader and stuff like that. And that's what I really ended up, you know, yeah, you know, striving, I guess, in hockey. But it helped me later on. Yeah, it's in, it's interesting. Like, were you more of a, an assist guy or a goal scorer? Which, what I was a playmaker, assist guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I I didn't. I mean, I scored, you know always less than the amount of assists I have, but I was always a point of game kind of guy, you know, in, in the SP and then in the coast, I, you know, didn't have a lot of points at all. So it just depended. Yeah. No, it's pretty interesting because, you know, you made the comment where you said, um, you know, your purpose now is you want to help families, right? Cause that's like a, ser- that's a, a, a server's mentality, right? So you look at that and you, and you relate that to hockey. That's more of an assist guy than a goal scorer. Right. Yeah. It's pretty, look at it's that. interesting how that works. Yeah. So you can, yeah you can I never put it thought of that. And you look yeah, at your brother. Like your brother. Your brother was a plumber. He's like a fucking hammer, dude. Your, your brother's a hammer. We are we are cut from the same cloth, but very different. 
<laughs> hey, but Ty, Tom got one of the best testimonials today. Or was that last night, Tom? Which was it? Was it, was it last night or was it today? That was this morning. This morning. Very nice testimony. Yeah, that, closing, yep. that closing was yesterday. She sent it this morning. So, so what well, he failed to tell you. He told you, did he tell you it's from his daughter's fake email account and, the, and he wrote it? <laughs> so someone was fishing him. Someone was, he was fishing himself. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You guys, it's unbelievable. Well, proud of you, Tom. I think I'm rubbing off on you a little bit. <laughs> so, hey, just we keep going along with I promise. I, pro I promise Bob and Adam it's going to be a lot smoother in 2023. We're not going to come out of every closing with bruised ribs and black eyes. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he just came out of the corner with uh, with uh, I don't know with Tony okay. Twist or something. <laughs> All right, I'm another I'm thing you mentioned, and I, I know Tom, we're getting at the thirty minute mark. I know you have a couple questions. I know you wanted me to, to take the lead in this because obviously it's, it's it's your brother. Um, but one of the things you said is each level you have to change your game. Um, talk a little bit about how that relates to business too, because I think that is a very, very important because you get knocked down the totem pole, right? Let's call it what it is. Each level, if you go down, you should be the best. You go up, you're not the best. You got to keep yeah. working your way up. Talk about how that relates to business, um, for you. So I think with hockey, the thing is, is like hockey players, know hockey players. I mean, you, you can walk into a bar with 20 different kinds of athletes and a hockey player can point out who the hockey player is. And I think in hockey, you know, the, there's different kind of coaching styles, right? So even though you're cut from the same cloth, they, they have a different mindset. And I think the same in, in my business is like, not everyone's a hockey player and not everyone has the same thought process as you. So you have to be kind of like a chameleon in business. And I think that's what, what helps me in, in my sales is like, I can kind of, adjust anyone's system right if i meet a buyer that acts a certain way it's like hockey like you have to adjust to that coach's system and you know i'm here to help them i'm here to help that team win i'm here to help this buyer find the house that they want so i think in business i kind of relate to the people i you know i'm a good judge of character so from the get-go i can meet someone and kind of judge what kind of person they are and to be honest like you know I get paid from sellers, obviously on the buy side, you don't get paid from the buyer and, and people don't know that, but you know, a seller, especially they're hiring me. Like, you know, the coach is hiring me to play on their team and the, the sellers inter interviewing me to play on their team. So I just try to adjust to them and I kind of relate that to hockey in, in terms of what kind of coach do I have here? Is he going to be a hard ass or is he going to be a player's coach and, and we're going to get along and I can, you know, say more what's on my mind or do I have to reel it back and just stay to myself? So I think that's how it relates is just adjusting a different kind of personality. I mean, I, I think, you know, you're the first person ever said that. I think that is a, a very important piece to give to anybody listening to this is in business, you've got to adjust to anyone's system, right? If it's their system, we adjust to their system. If we, if we get hired by somebody, it's their system. Can we offer opinions? Of course we can, but you start with their system and you got to be, you got to be a chameleon and a team player. So you nailed all of those. Um, Tom, take it away. Couple, I know you have some couple questions you want to ask your brother. So, yeah. so I'm actually out of time. 
Let me, I don't know. I don't know if everyone noticed, but Stevie, he sat back in his seat with his tuxedos like, oh, shit. What the hell is he going to ask yeah. me now? No, I, I think I think it's I think this is just a, a fun episode for a variety of different reasons, because, you know, Bob and I talk about what a lot of guys in, in terms of, you know, their new identity getting into the business world. And then for you, you know, sitting here interviewing you, it's, it's almost comical and difficult because it's like, you know, it's me. And, you know, Bob, when I met Bob, Bob didn't know me from a hole in a wall. So I, I think that. I have two questions. What was what was the hardest part for you, um, you know, getting out of hockey and getting into real estate and basically not being known as Stephen Mealy, the hockey player anymore and being taken seriously as, you know, a business professional? Um, <clears throat> uh, I'll keep this serious. I think the biggest question and I, you know, I read a lot of books. I read a lot of, you know, big realtors or entrepreneurs or coaches or whatever. And I think they, they all say the same kind of thing. You got to find your why, you know, why do you wake up in the morning now? You know, it's not to train and to go to the rink and it's not to, to do the stuff that you did for 30 years. Now you got to readjust all your habits and, and kind of, you know, transition your entire life from what you know. And so I think the hardest part was kind of just coming up with those new habits and the new, the new why in my life. And I think that's what a lot of athletes struggle with is like, and they have, you know, talk you know what's the helplines for this and you know unfortunately a lot of athletes don't get through it and that's why the suicide rate for a lot of athletes is, is higher than most you know at you know people in general just because they can't find a reason why they get up in the morning what's their new why so I think for me it was definitely that um you know meeting my wife and then having the real estate on the backside was it made it easier for me than what I saw with other friends and teammates. You know, there's still guys that I know that are retired and they're struggling um, yeah. you know, from hockey. I mean, they have real jobs, but they hate their lives, but they don't want to get into our business because it's not, you know, it's not a safety net and um, commission based for me at least. And, you know, it, it's tough. It's tough for people that are, they're not the guy on their team anymore and they're just alone in a, in a lake. <laughs> So what would your recommendation be on that side of it, right? They're, they're, you know, because that's, we can unpack that for friggin' hours yeah. on that one. Yeah. But, that, uh, but that's important because you say a lot of people hate their lives and their jobs, but they're too afraid to jump into what we do with, think about this. What we have here in, in, in the office is a locker room. We created a locker room yeah. type atmosphere to where guys come in, they laugh, they work their ass off, right? And, and, and they love being around each other. So how do you go from the shitty safety net to, to being confident to go all commission and being in that locker room? You know, I think if I can look back on it, you know, I'm 33 now. I retired, you know, I quit hockey when I was 28, 29. So I feel like during the time I had my license, you know, Tom was, Tom got into real estate after me, but he, he was, you know, I quit we were in construction together in that intramural, you know, that middle phase of, do I get into real estate full time? Do I stay here because it's a nice, safe, big paycheck, you know, and I left first and then Tom kind of quickly saw me do it. And I think it goes back to our training where he kind of just piggybacked and said, fuck it, I'm going to do it too. I would go back and talk to people that did it. You know, I would find people that are out of hockey or out of sports and see and and talk to people in a business or something that I'm interested in 
and just find someone and say, like, how'd you do it? How'd you do the transition? Like, I just talk to people. I would talk to people that, and I still think that I always talk to people that I want to be in their position or always you're, you're, you are what you eat and you, you are who you hang around with. So if you talk to the people where you want to be and, and what they're doing and you, you know, you don't want to talk to people that haven't done it before, you know, or talk to your parents that don't understand sports, like they're not going to get it. You know, they can give you advice on what to do, but you got to find something you're interested in. I, you got plenty of time in the day and just network and find someone that is in that field that was in your position. And I think you'll, you'll get a lot more clarity. I like it. I like it. Tom, what else you got? <clears throat> no, I think it's a good point because <clears throat> if you think about, you know, the way, and I give kudos to you because, and this is just me being real for a second. I give kudos to you because you, you did it, but you're on, in the retail world. You're your big brokerage or mom and pop brokerage. You're, you're on your own. You know, at least with me, I think the transition was a little bit easier because I walked into a space and a team environment. I joined a team and basically was just set up for success where, you know, everything was provided for me as long as I worked hard, trusted the process and listened. You know, you got out of hockey and even now, you know, I obviously I talk to you every day. I see you, you know, you live up the street, but from a from a business standpoint, I see you, you know, scaling your own individual business on a day to day basis. And I think you're doing it in a lot more of a difficult way than I did it. And, you know, just look at last week, you're a new client of Riva and, you know, you're going to utilize that platform, but you wouldn't even know what Riva was until, you know, I brought it up to you. And the reason I know about it is because of the world I'm in. So, you know, and I, you experienced I, I, it and that's, yeah, and you experienced the VA and you said like, you know, I wear 12 hats right now. Thanks, Bob, for opening Reva. We start this <laughs> week with my VA, but Very it's nice. like, I'm, I talked to Tom and, you know, now I have you, I can talk to. It's like, I'm hoping this VA is going to take a lot off my plate because Tom, you know, I'm big on time now and Tom yeah. is in the industry now. So I have someone to talk to that experiences having people to help out and i think the biggest thing is control right you don't want to give up control of, and you want to do things your way because you're nervous and stuff like that but um yeah i think it goes back to talking to people that are in it and taking advice from people that are in your situation or were in your situation like our crazy italian mom is never going to understand you know what we went through mentally you know she knows she watched us on tv but the mental grind you know only people that go through it know what you're actually going through in, in terms of retiring and getting into a new life. You what's nailed your, it, dude. Day, you nailed it. What's your day-to-day day -day like right now in terms of, you know, how you're scaling your individual business? So, I, I'm, you know, it, it's like I'm back 10 years ago and I'm waking up early. I'm up at 5. I'm in the gym by 5.30 and home by 7 because now I have a son, right? And I want to be home when he wakes up. And then, um, you know, it's, it's all about routines and, you know, my old routine was to wake up, go to the gym and eat. Now it's, I wake up and eat with my son. So I, I'm trying to make it as similar to my old routine that I did and it was successful. So, um, I'm, I hired an assistant with, with Bob's company. I'm going to try and, and hand them off as many of the, of the tasks 
I'm good at sales. I'm good at talking to people. So I'm trying to get out there more and sell. I don't want to do paperwork. I don't want to do the, you know, the petty stuff that keeps me from being out there and showing property. So hopefully, uh, Allie helps me out and, and she's good at what she does. And, um, but yeah, I'm just trying to create new routines and new ha and great habits so that I, I get to the, the level that I, I was in hockey. And, you know, I don't know what that level is, but I'm happy with where I am in life. I don't think it's about, a, you know, selling a certain amount of houses. I think it's just needing, you know, providing for my family and just being happy with where, you know, I'm at. I like it. I like it. Tom, anything else on your end? No, you're, you're up. Take cool. it away. All right. Um, no, Steve, this has been great. I just took some notes on this because I think it's important from your transition and some important things that I just wanted to, to talk a little bit about because, you know, when you're talking about you're trying to find a purpose, you're talking about when you don't love the process, right? So I think it starts with, if anyone's looking for a formula, number one, you got to start with what your new why is, right? Whatever that new why is. And then you can implement your new training. So your new, your new training is reading, studying, right? All because yeah. of that why, right? You're yeah. doing podcasts, you're doing some YouTube channel stuff. It's great because what I, obviously you're branding yourself, etc. Um, readjusting habits. We all have to do that. You're a hundred percent right. You just talked about a good one. Now you're getting up at five because you have a, you have a child. So now, cause you want to eat with your child every day. I went through that, all of that, exactly what you're talking about too, as well, Steve, back in the day, I'm a little older than you. My kids, my oldest kid is uh, 19. My youngest is 13. So um, yeah, now you got more time back. No, I do hundred percent, hundred percent. And then uh, the last thing I want to write that I want to put down is, the importance of, you know, obviously you had your cousin as a mentor. Um, and also you look at your network, you look at the people you hang out with now are way different than the people you used to hang out with. So I think, I think that's really, really important for any one of us um, to really take a step back and to see who we're actually associating ourselves with and who, who um, we, sh we think we should be associating ourselves. I know you were kind of chuckling about your mom, but it's true, right? She's, she doesn't understand what you guys went through, right? A lot of our parents didn't because they were not never in your shoes unless, you know, your parents played pro hockey. So um, with that being said, what any parting words, Steve, you would have for um, anybody listening to this episode? No, and just to, I mean, to finish what you were saying, like some of my biggest clients now are, you know, alumni from my school that played hockey. So I, I think the parting words is like, Hockey is a small world, and a lot of the times you end up on teams because you know a buddy, and that buddy talks to the coach and stuff like that. I think for anyone still playing or, or in something where they don't want to be and they want to move into something else, I would just be very careful about who you talk to, and you never know who you're going to meet that's going to end up in, a, in another life, right? Like, you know, some of my biggest clients are from AIC that I've never, I never met them, but they know I'm in New York. They know I played hockey there and it's just a connection now. And, you know, I, um, you know, you had Shimenti on Matt Shimenti. He's one of our, he's one of my biggest clients now just because of that hockey relationship. So you never know if you're playing for a coach 10 years ago, if they're going to get into the same business as you. So I would just, you know, network with everybody be nice with everybody. Don't burn bridges because you never know how it's going to affect you in, in your next career. 
And dress like Steve, not Tom. That's the, that's the other takeaway. No one is ever going to dress better than me on a podcast. I'll tell you that. <laughs> All right. With that being said, that's a, that's a wrap, Steve. All seriousness, thank you very much. This was a, a fun episode and some huge takeaways for you know individuals that were or currently are in their shoes because I think that's very, very important. So thanks for taking the time out of the day. We know you're extremely busy. Tom, you as well. I know you, uh, you have some personal stuff to do today, and then after that you're going to be hitting the phones. Lock it up. Gotta, gotta hang gotta, up more pictures. Hold on a shout out to Tom. Tom, uh, Tom was the winner in the office this past month, so he gets a, a nice dinner date with me and Adam. So, uh, you know, make sure you dress like dress like your brother when we go out to dinner. What'd so, you do, Tom? <laughs> I Congrats. I don't know what I what I what I do to earn the highest volume of sales. Tom Mealy. Kick Look at that, Tom. Yep, Salesman. Salesman. So anyway, all right, Steve, thanks a lot, Tom. Thanks a lot. Awesome stuff.